Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Shannon. And you're listening to For the Love of Animals podcast. We're here showcasing outstanding animals and their owners on a mission to make the world a better place. Thank you so much for tuning in to our first ever episode. We're so excited to start this podcast and we are starting off with our absolute favorite llama, Rojo. Yay! <laughs> Um, for those of you who may or may not know, Rojo is actually my llama, so it just seems fitting that we would share our first episode and our love for Rojo with you all. Enjoy! So let's talk more about my favorite llama, Rojo. Shannon, join the conversation! Hi! <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about Rojo. Me too. It's the best. So, how did you and Rojo meet? Rojo and I met, it was love at first sight. With two L's, obviously. Oh, of course. And um, yeah, uh, my mom and I fell in love with llamas um, around 17 years ago. And when I was a little teenager, I joined 4-H and I learned about what it was like to raise llamas and care for them and what they needed. And then um, after my first full year in 4-H, we went llama shopping. Um, So when I went and saw Rojo, he was only three months old and he was just this sweet little baby llama. And he followed me around like a little puppy dog. And uh, yeah, so he came to our farm at nine months old and I shared him and I showed him in 4-H for five years. Awesome. And just for those who don't know, what is a baby llama called? A baby llama is called a Kriya. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> so you had him in 4-H and you were showing him as part of that program. What made you realize that he was something extra special? Um, well, actually, for the first couple of years in the show ring, he was actually kind of a bit of an embarrassment <laughs> because he doesn't really um, do a lot of the things that the other llamas do and uh, all the competitions and stuff like he doesn't like to jump over things like obstacles or back up on command very well. So um, but he was really, really good at like being touchable all over where llamas don't other llamas don't like their feet being touched. Like you can touch Rojo's feet and he doesn't kick or do anything nasty. And so uh, we had him at the fair one time and he was outside of his pen and we were socializing um, him with the public and introducing the public to llamas. And a gentleman saw um, this whole interaction and mentioned that we should get Rojo uh, certified as a therapy llama because he has such a unique disposition just to have such a calm beast was just so amazing um and then within a few days my mom had rojo out and a child came over in a wheelchair with his mom he had no hands and no feet and he um asked to pet rojo my mom was of course come over and pet him and uh his mom pushed him in the wheelchair up to Rojo's hair and he twirled his arm in Rojo's fiber and he lit up and he goes, mom, I pet a llama. I pet a llama. And this was just days after hearing about how we should get him certified. And so we had to, I mean, that was just an instant calling. Totally. What is the process of getting a llama 
certified. Yeah. So back in the day, 11 years ago, when we got Rojo originally certified, it was through a local animal hospital called Dove Lewis. Um, They now only do dogs. But originally we went and my mom and I both sat in a six hour long class to learn about what what the expectation was of the handler and what kind of the PR things of how to say a, a child with disabilities and not a disabled child, you know, like all these really wonderful things as a youth I didn't know about. And it was really great to kind of learn what you should and how you should and shouldn't treat other people in the environments that we were going to go visiting. Um, And then after we did a six hour long class, we took him through like a mini test and we actually took him into the animal hospital up the elevator and they had all these rooms staged out. So one was like a hospital room and we had to walk in next to like a person in a gurney with like cords coming everywhere. So we had to make sure we watched his feet. Um, There were beeping sounds and different smells. Uh, We took him into like a library scenario where someone dropped a bundle of books on the ground to see if that kind of, yeah, it was a lot of fun actually. And then really impressive to be like, that's right. My llama can do all of this. Right. (laughs) Super cool. That's so amazing. So, um, and then after that elaborate test, we took him through, um, our certification and, did like a smaller scale um, testing where I had to go through and then my, we had to wait like two or three hours and then have my mom go through. So it was a unique experience with both of us as a team. So that was the original thing. Now we're, they no longer do that. And so we are our own nonprofit and we have our own animals that we um, are liable with. And yeah, so we do our own thing now, which is pretty great. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely like such helpful information to go through that process and now like be able to know what to do with all of your animals. Absolutely. To kind of understand what expectations before you leave the farm. Right. It's huge. Right. So it all started with Rojo, who's clearly the face of your mission. But I know that you have other animals in the herd, other llamas and alpacas, and not every llama and alpaca is a social llama and alpaca. That's right. We, yeah, that's right. We have 11 in our herd. We have six llamas and five alpacas and only about five of them are really good social animals. And then um, two of them are very antisocial animals and the rest are in training. So um, yeah, as soon as Rojo, we started using him as a therapy llama and we never wanted to overwork him. So once we um, kept getting more and more demand for Rojo or just a therapy llama. Then we reached out to some amazing local breeders to see if they had any other super social llamas. And um, we came across Smokey and Smokey has been so wonderful. And now all of our alpacas have been donated to us by alpaca breeders to share um, the alpacas with the world. And so Napoleon is a, a huge gem of ours. He is such a great guy. And Jean-Pierre is coming up, you guys. (laughs) And this is a question that I know you get asked all the time. And I even get asked when I'm bragging about Rojo to everyone I meet, what is the difference between a llama and an alpaca? Oh, yes. Good question. So uh, llamas are larger. And because they're larger, they're used as pack animals or as guard animals. So they're very independent and they're very social and they're very trainable, like a horse or a dog. Um, and so that's how I kind of relate them. They're like my dog. Right. And they're super protective of the herd, right? They're very protective. 
yeah, you put one llama in with a group of sheep or goats or even alpacas and they'll protect them from a coyote. I've even heard them going against a bear before. Like oh it's there. They can be really like defensive. Um, and then alpacas are smaller. You can tell the difference because alpacas have very sharp A-shaped ears where llamas have long banana-shaped ears. Um, alpacas are usually used for their hair, which is called fiber. They have three times more of it on their smaller bodies. So they're really poofy. So if you think of them, like they're like the sheep of the llama people. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, and so their, their hair is very fine and luxurious. And so you'll usually see about a hundred um alpacas in a field because they're used like for their hair like sheep so they're more finicky shy um they do like to see who you are and be social but like they get a little timid yeah yeah okay but look so, at their ears that's how right. you can tell the difference yeah that's what i always tell everyone a ears banana ears and size and yes. then so alpacas have fiber for their hair but llamas have fur no they both have fiber okay yeah. a llama and alpaca fiber okay mm-hmm. so their their hair is called fiber yeah it's not its own. fur like a dog or a cat yeah it has its own um composition so yeah interesting yeah and i mean alpaca and llama sweaters and all of those things are just the softest thing you've ever they felt. They are. They're also hypoallergenic. So if you're allergic to sheep wool, um, llama and alpaca fiber doesn't have the greasy lanolin that sheep have. So, Which is also great in a therapy situation because you're taking them into places where people have allergies That's right. and concerns. And so while it's on their person or body or animal... <laughs> being it's they're hypoallergenic so there's no fear of allergies around yeah sensitivities yeah and even a step further than that most people have never interacted with a llama or an alpaca before in their life so they don't have any like preconceived notions where um someone might be scarred from being bit by a dog or Mm -hmm. barked at by a dog you're not going to get those kind of experiences from a llama or one of our alpacas so it's really wonderful to offer such a unique and genuine interaction with every person we meet. It's it's wonderful. You get lots of joy and people light up. And a lot of times we even get tears. People are very emotionally um, overwhelmed by the experience. And they're just, they never thought that they would ever have that in their life. And yeah. it's so rewarding, not only um, for the people we get to meet, but for my mom and I. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean... I might want my favorite thing to do when I'm out with you with the llamas and alpacas is somebody being too scared to give them a kiss and their reaction once we (laughs) force them into it. I call myself a carrot pusher. When we finally get them to get a kiss. their reaction after is always my favorite thing. It's pure um, unadulterated joy. Yeah. I mean, how can you not enjoy kissing a lot? And then they want to do it like three more times. Right. Like once is never enough. (laughs) So like you were talking about like fear of dogs and those potential concerns, I feel like one thing people have ingrained in their brains Mm -hmm. about llamas and alpacas is that they spit. Yes. So what's the deal with that? They do spit. They're part of the camel family. Um, So llamas and alpacas, they all have the potential to spit, just like every dog has the potential to bite. That's 
they're a way that they defend themselves. It's their way to say, back off, this is mine, or this is my space. Um, so just like how some dogs are more nippy or aggressive and others are just super social and want to play, same with llamas. We find those really social ones that don't mind you bursting their personal boundary space, like their personal bubble space. And um, and so they, they love to be social, so they're not going to spit at you to say back away. Right. Um, they're and so used to that environment. They're used to that environment. Right. So they, so any llamas that you see at parades or at fairs, those are the farms, public relations animals that are show animals. They're used to leaving the farm and being in people's spaces. So, um, a lot of the times those animals, you won't get that kind of interaction. The only times that you should, um, be apprehensive about is like petting zoos. Cause no one's watching the llama to make sure that they're feeling safe and secure. And they don't have any, yeah, they just don't have anyone representing them, you know? Right. So they say, get away, kid. Right. Um, <laughs> Do they have any telltale signs that they're like pissed off? Like, is there a way you know that they're going to spit at you so you yes. can react? Oh, absolutely. You can hear the spit come up their throat. Like their neck is so long and you can hear it come up. Um, their <laughs> <Gross>. ears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never thought about it being gross. <laughs> Anyways, and so their ears get pinned all the way against their neck. So if you see a llama's ears back, it's oftentimes they're just relaxed and hanging out. Um, but when their nose goes straight up in the air and their ears go pinned against their neck, that's a for sure sign to um, step away. Step away. You also, as a pet, you train them not to spit by spraying them with a water bottle. So you spit first and they learn that you're the alpha. So they're really intelligent. So if you ever did have a spitty animal in your environment or whatever, you just, you spit first. Right. (laughs) Cool. So public, like 4-H or therapy llamas, totally cool. Come up, touch them, pet them, ask the owner first, like how they like to be approached. Absolutely. Please always ask the owner how you should approach them. Always approach them from the front. I know approaching large animals in front of their face is intimidating, but it's safer than getting kicked. So always approach from the front. Totally. And if you're like me and just assume that any animal is going to know that they love you, if you (laughs) see random llamas and alpacas in a field and you run up and try and touch them, you're probably not going to have the best experience because they're protectors and they're trying to, you know, keep their herd safe and some crazy love-sessed person running up to them isn't always going to be the best experience because they're not a rojo. <laughs> right. Yeah. But in all fairness, a lot of us um, llama and alpaca owners are really, really proud of our babies and we love to share them. So if you have a local alpaca farmer next to you or a llama farmer that you see at, I don't know, the fair, um, just ask them if you can come visit their farm. I'm sure they'd be more than happy to share their their babies with you. We totally get the mission of like bringing therapy animals into, you go to nursing homes, special needs schools. We go to Alzheimer, like memory care units. We go to colleges to de-stress during finals weeks. Um, We've gone to, uh, we go every year to our local hospital for medically fragile children. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, yeah, whatever the occasion could call for a llama, we're there. Right. And how do you gain financial support to keep you doing that? So um, we are both a nonprofit. So I volunteer all of my hours along with my mother um, 
to share our animals for therapy and educational purposes. Um, this year, I'm going on over 100 therapy and educational visits just strictly as volunteering. Um, the way that I help to uh, stay doing that is that people have begun asking our animals to come to weddings and birthday parties and corporate events. And if my animal loves to be out and being social and we're still spreading the llama love and joy and educating people about who we are and our nonprofit, I think it's a great way to gain financial support. So we do um, a lot of weddings, corporate events. It's a really fun activity for families to bond over. Um, there are a lot of really cool entertainment things for a child who's five and a parent who's 35 and their grandparent who's 75 to all really enjoy together. And so um, we really offer something super unique and it's a lot of fun. And yeah. we're out in the community and people know Rojo and love Rojo and it's right. it's been really exciting. So I do that as well um, right. through a, a private LLC that I own. Gotcha. And how can people donate money to you? They can go to rojothelama.com and there's a donate button there. Cool. Um, yes. And that I would like to do more donations so I can do less entertainment, so I can do more therapy and educational. But right. at the moment, this For is sure. where we have a happy balance. How I donate, <clears throat> if you're like me and you are sucked into Amazon culture and buy everything on Amazon. You can shop on Amazon Smile. And when you shop through Amazon Smile, which is just an extra part of the link, and I just have it bookmarked, so I go there every time, um, you can choose a charity that you want to donate to. And basically, through my regular shopping, I'm donating to Mountain Peaks Therapy, Llamas and Alpacas. And I think so far, I've generated like over $20 this year just in my random Amazon purchasing. Yeah, I think I have generated around 30. Yeah. Um, but I, I think so in the easy. last in the last quarter we've had about $200 donated to us thanks to Amazon Smile. Yeah. And so it's yeah, it's so wonderful. Thank you for plugging that Christy. Yeah, I mean if you're already shopping on there anyway, like why not? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we all have a pretty good understanding of your mission, how Rojo works and how the herd has come to be and where you are. But I want to ask the fun questions because because they're mean, fun. <laughs> one thing that we were talking about last night that I think we have to share with everyone is what house you think Rojo is in. Oh, yes. We had a whole debate last night about Rojo's Harry Potter house. <laughs> so he <laughs> he originally went to a little girl's birthday party and she had the Harry Potter birthday theme. So, of course, my mom made him a Harry Potter outfit, but she doesn't know Harry Potter books or storylines. So she just went with the Gryffindor because that was what was easily found. But as I was posting his picture on like Instagram and stuff, people were like, I feel like he's more of a Hufflepuff, which Christy and I are both Hufflepuffs. Yes. <laughs> Very proud Hufflepuff, so, might I add. I don't want to project my own self onto Rojo because he is his own beast. And if you ever meet him, you see that in his eyes. <laughs> he, he is such a diva llama. Yes. Um, but you were thinking, I was thinking he was also a Hufflepuff because yeah. he's so friendly and just 
generous and well loyal yeah Yeah. he's totally loyal to the herd and to you i don't think he's brave is the thing like that's why why i didn't think he's not a gryffindor well for the record i also do not think that he's a gryffindor but i kind of think he's a ravenclaw like he is so smart he is very smart yeah i mean i just i don't know he might be a ravenclaw not that i don't want him in my own house because i mean hufflepuff strong but I, I don't know. I kind of think he might be a Ravenclaw. I'm just saying. I feel like we need to reach out to Pottermore and have them create a test for animals <laughs> so you can sort your animal. That would be absolutely incredible. I mean. Well, because we were going to the whole herd, too, which was yeah. really fun, too. So yeah. maybe someday we'll have a, a little test online. Yeah. Um. When we figure this out, we will be sure to update you <laughs> by all means. Um. And I know that Rojo likes treats. Like he is a treataholic. If he sees food, he's going to try and get his little mouth on it. Which, by the way, we didn't talk about this, but llamas and alpacas don't have top teeth. They don't have top front teeth. Yeah. They chew their food with their back molars that they have on the top and the bottom, but they have a hard gum on the top and their bottom teeth grow for as long as they live. So Rojo's teeth are really long and intimidating, but they're not gonna bite you yeah for sure but he loves to get his mouth on a good treat what is his favorite treat oh my gosh that is so hard because um okay because i was just at a pizza place like a week ago and before he like knew that the pizza slice was for him like the second that the pizza slice came out to us and was like five feet away from him he was targeted on it he was like i want that um so i kind of but he does that with donuts too i, that's, I feel like donuts i think it's definitely donuts jam. he loves pizza but i think that he really likes donuts and for the record i only give rojo a bite like he's a 400 pound animal he can handle a bite of donut and it's not gonna ruin him right. um it's not going to affect him at all so right for those of you who are concerned or watch the things i only give him a little bit of things that i know won't upset him right um so i'll give him like fritos and cheetos and uh yeah i try to do i try to do vegan things or at least vegetarian because he's yeah. a vegetarian yeah um but you can actually look at the hashtag things Rojo eats <laughs> he has his own food hashtag people but that said don't feed no trees thank you yes because you do not know what a llama's diet is and there are some things that um like avocado i think aren't good for animals and like mushrooms certain mushrooms aren't good for animals onions there's a lot of like really weird things i don't know if strawberries is necessarily good for them but like anyways so there are just certain things that I'm uncertain about. And so I only give them things that I'm fully confident about. Like corn is really good. Like yeah. corn is fine. Watermelon is fine. But yes, thank you. Please always ask the owner before you can give it to him. Yeah. Plus your portion size of giving it to him might be different than my portion size of giving it to him. But right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But he likes treats. Feel free to chop up things really small and bring it out and ask because yeah. he loves food. Yeah. Awesome. And I know we talked about where they can donate, but where are all of the places that they can they love can, sess over Rojo? You can like love we do. sess at Rojo the Llama um, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, rojothelama.com. Yeah. Um, if you want to check out our weddings that we do, we have wedding llamas. 
that's been going crazy, um, which is a lot of fun. But our mission and stuff is on Rojo the Llama Instagram. Well, that was super exciting. First episode done. What? What? I could talk about Rojo all day, you guys. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, we're so excited to be on this journey with you, and we can't wait to see where it goes. Um, Moving forward, this was our special launch episode on Friday because we had to honor on Rojo's birthday since he brought us together, and what better way to start a podcast about animals. Um, Yeah, Rojo, you guys just turned 17 years old. Llamas live between 20 and 25, so it's a pretty big deal. Happy birthday, Rojo. Yay, he's middle-aged like me. Woo! Christy, what other animals do you stop? What other animal has brought you joy today? Um, well, I just, it was actually a couple stories today, but all from Jessica at Juniper the Fox, and she was sharing how when she tries to leave the house, Juniper starts pouting and making noise and hiding from her, and he literally did, like, the dead man lay there while she's trying to pull him into the other room. (laughs) I can totally relate to that. My cat knows when I'm traveling, and as soon as the suitcase comes out, he just tries to find any way to be naughty that he possibly can, so it was nice to see that other animals do the same, and it's not just so flipping funny. I'm house-sitting right now, and there's one of their cats I swear he thinks his owners are dead because he's being so mopey. Like, I like I wish I could be there for the reunion when he, like, realizes <laughs> that they are actually alive and they're coming back in, like, a week because he's so sad. I just want to, like, love on him every second. Aww. Um, What animal are you obsessed with today? Ooh, I am obsessed with two gooselings. Um, I had a goose friend who sadly passed away. Her name was Lulu the Goose, and her accounts are still active as they um, they now just got two new baby gooselings, and they're so cute. One's named May, and one, I think, is named Kiki. Oh, I should probably, like, confirm that. But they're so flipping cute, and I can't wait to snuggle like them. I'm actually friends with their owners. They're close. They're local to Beaverton, Oregon. So they're like super cute and I just cannot wait to snuggle them. And I'm working on branching out into birds because... (laughs) Christy's not a fan of of birds. (laughs) I mean, I maybe don't hate all of them. I've seen like a couple nice ones, but they kind of creep me out sometimes. I think, you know, one too many emus have looked at me the wrong way. Um, Yeah, I don't know, but... Anyway, so moving forward after today's episode, you'll be getting a new episode every Sunday. So like, subscribe, do all of those things so you know when our episodes come out. And in honor of Sunday episodes, we didn't want to make you wait. So we have a new episode coming for you in just two days on Sunday. Yay! It's a pretty big guest, you guys. We're really excited to have her. And um, that's all we're going to tease you with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, the best way you can support us is liking, leaving reviews on whatever platform you listen to. Spread the word. Share our podcast with your friends. Our Instagram at For the Love of Animals Podcast. 
Yeah, and then if you want to take it one step further, I mean, we're happy with all the likes and shares and people you can share us with that we can get, but we do have a Patreon account, so you can go to patreon.com backslash for the love of animals podcast and find other ways to support us and check out our fun merchandise that we've just spent the last hour we're ironing and making guys (laughs) we're hand making some awesome merch because we're so low-key right now it's way more cost effective to spend all the time in the world (laughs) made with our blood sweat and tears so there's gonna be some bandanas for your pets and some totes and some really cute buttons so we hope you guys check it out there should be links through all of that through our instagram account so thank you all so much for joining us yeah thanks for being on this journey we can't wait to see where it takes us yeah have a great day till next time